Dear listener, we went on quite a few tangents this week. So for ease of listening, I have made that a separate podcast. Enjoy. Okay, I, I, I can't really talk about Picard. Because you haven't seen it? Because or? I've only watched season one of Picard, and I understand that season two was a shit show, and season three is going to blow my mind. So I can't really talk about it right now. I need to watch it all first. Okay. I did get spoiled for one thing that I, I don't even want to hint at the thing I got spoiled for already. Q gets pregnant. No, but I will say it is a Q-related thing, because I was going to say I was spoiled for a thing that's going to radically affect our next podcast, Welcome to the Q Continuum. Well, not our next podcast. Our next podcast is a secret mini-series, and then after the secret mini-series, our next podcast is Welcome to... Do we decide Welcome to the Sunset Strip or Welcome to Studio 60? I think Sunset Strip. That sounds better, right? So then our next podcast is Welcome to the Sunset Strip, where we talk about Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, but only until we get to the Christmas episode, and then we are done, because it stops being good after that. Good being a relative term. It stops being fun to talk about after that. Yes. And then we're going to do another season of our secret mini uh, our mini episode podcast, and then we'll do Welcome to the Q Continuum. So basically, we've got come a back lot in a couple of years, and we'll talk about John Delancey. Uh, we're going to have to talk about the episode of My Little Pony he was on. I mean... Did you say we're going to get to talk about the episode of My Little Pony he was on? That might have been what you heard. <laughs> I mean, he w- he was on multiple ones, but I think we should just talk about one. Well, He was well, like a reoccurring character on that show. So what we should do is we should hit... Uh, what I think we should do is we should hit all the Q episodes in like the Trek proper TV shows. And then like the Q novels. And then we should do... John Delancey in various TV shows, but just like one episode per TV show, right? So well, well, only ones where he's playing an omnipotent being. So most of them. So all of them, yeah. yeah. Like so, we'll talk about his character on uh, Days of Our Lives, but we'll just talk about we won't talk about like every episode of Days of Our Lives that he's in. We'll just talk about that one. We'll have one episode where we talk about that. Was he omnipotent on that? Yes. Wait, does that fit into him being Q? Is there like a weird fan theory about him being Q on that show? Yes. Okay. Not not on that show. On every show he appears in, including that one. Okay. And then we'll talk about him. Well, you know what's good? We don't have to talk about him in Charmed because we have our Charmed podcast for that. Yeah. Or I guess we, we probably should do just like, we should probably do that anyway, though. I don't know. So we'll talk about him in Charmed and then we'll do one episode where we talk about him on My Little Pony. And then I think we'll be done with John Delancey forever after that. Probably. Oh god, what if he listens to it? He probably he probably name searches, right? Do you think he name searches himself? He seems like the sort of person who probably would. He's absolutely the kind of person who would name search himself. But luckily it's a podcast, so it would be harder. Yeah, it'll be harder. I don't know, it's a podcast that's specifically about a character he plays. <laughs> oh man. I'm sure he will show up on the SEO of that at some point. Yeah, I guess. I'm just really excited to talk about Welcome to the Sunset Strip. I also already have our segments for it. All of our segments, listen, y'all, all of our segments for Welcome to the Sunset Strip are 30 Rock jokes. It's insane that 30 Rock went up against it and fucking destroyed it. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to tell you what our segments are. I'm just like, this, this whole episode is turning, I'm going to cut a lot of this, but this whole episode is just turning into a trailer for Welcome to the Sunset Strip. Okay, so the segments are going to be... A gender I write for very well when the story calls for it, which which is obviously like what's the what's the worst thing that Aaron Sorkin has written a female character doing this episode? Mm. Do I know you? You know my work, which is going to be uh, what 
what in this episode was ripped from Aaron Sorkin's actual life. Mm-hmm. And then the third segment is going to be uh, half as long and twice as funny, which is what did 30 Rock do about that was the same plot as was in this episode of Sunset Strip that they did better. It's so weird that it's the same premise. But well, I mean... I mean, I guess, oh, a TV writer writing a TV show about TV writers writing a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Also, the thing about Aaron Sorkin is he, like, he wrote The West Wing, as 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 you all know. He wrote The West Wing and was, like, getting to write these, like, speeches about all the important shit that everyone was doing. And, of course, he's sitting here in his head thinking, like, man, I'm doing some important shit. You know what? I should write about how important being a writer on a comedy show is. And you know who should represent me? Matthew Perry! Chandler Bing! That's me! Okay, so... God, I can't wait to talk about it! I know we're going to mention it on the short stuff, but I just have to mention it really quickly here. You know why 30 Rock worked and Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip did not? Because it didn't take itself seriously. It didn't act like the show it was producing was any good. Because TGS, in-universe, is terrible. All of the skits are bad. You're not supposed to think it's funny at all. Which is a lot easier to write than, oh, I'm doing brilliant comedy that's changing lives and, like, and, and we're so controversial and brave. Oh my god. Crazy oh. Christians. Crazy oh my god. I... Oh my god. Oh my god. A sketch lampooning Christianity. This is <laughs> this is Middle America is on fire, my god. Crazy Christian like oh my god. Really? That that's what you think is subversive. Okay, so I can't do this with you because you've already seen Studio 60 because it made you watch it. Mm-hmm. And you've already seen 30 Rock because it's pretty great. Yes. But I really want to do a, a, a quiz where I put up names of 30 Rock or sketches. T- TGS sketches and Studio 60 sketches. And, like, can you figure out which one was supposed to be genius and which one was supposed to be a joke, right? Okay, I would do really well at that only because I feel like I've got a really, really good grasp on 30 Rock jokes. Right. But, like, if I told you Pimp My Trike... That that was Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, right? Yes! That's the one that's supposed to be genius! I I just think the whole, oh my god, we did a Gilbert and Sullivan parody oh about god. how our old producer did coke? Whoa! We're rewriting the script. We're redefining television. We're the, we're the god makers of our day or whatever. They reference Patty Chayefsky so many times in that pilot who, who, who did Network, right? They're yeah. like, that's the other thing about Aaron Sorkin, right? Like, he talks, he, he basically tells you over and over in that pilot that he wants to be doing Network. And it's like, stop name dropping the the pivotal piece of entertainment that you think you are and write your own show and e- even even at the end when when um when steven weber from wings is like she's got spunk i hate spunk it's like fuck you you're not mary tyler moore go 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 think about what you did <laughs> go write your own jokes I mean, we do recap podcasts. I feel like I'm kind of throwing stones in a glass house here. But you know what? Fuck you, Aaron Sorkin. I have 
Aaron Sorkin probably name searches himself, or he would if he knew how to use the internet, but he doesn't because he's better than the internet. Yes. As he tells us so many times on his TV shows. I, I watched a lot of Boston Public, so that was him, right? No, that's... uh. Is it Aaron Spelling? Because I get them confused a weird amount considering they're like nothing alike. No, it's uh, it's David E. Kelly, which is also uh, very, who is also kind of Aaron Sorkin-y. Yeah. Yeah, no, Aaron Sorkin, uh, he did Sports Night and West Wing. Yeah, I, I remember West Wing. Social Network, which is weird for somebody who doesn't like the internet. Or is, is it? it? Yeah. Yeah, never mind. I take it back. Okay, it's like 40 minutes. We should probably talk about Farscape. I'm going to cut a lot of this. Other when I say I'm going to cut it, I'm not actually going to cut it. I'm going to like lift it out and save it as a separate file to make a trailer for <laughs> Studio 60 podcast we're doing. You'd think that it would be like AI and, you know, all the different alien species would have different numbers of fingers. I'm surprised Star Trek didn't use that to make aliens more alien more often. That seems like that would be pretty cheap to do. Different numbers of fingers? Yeah. You just have to have, like, prosthetic over the hands. Of, you know, oh, most people in the universe have, you know, four fingers, but one of them's really thick in the middle. It looks more alien. I mean, more than the forehead ridges, right? I feel like it's equal. It's equal. Gosh, now I'm just thinking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> We're going to talk about this episode eventually. Are we? Are we really? <laughs> what episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia there's a running thing on it's always sunny in philadelphia where charlie's uncle who's an attorney is really sensitive about his hands being tiny like they're normal sized hands but he he has like a complex about them and in one episode he has these gigantic fake hands that he wears over his regular hands to make his hands look bigger i thought you were gonna go for the 30 rock reference the one where tracy uh decides Uh, to disguise himself as a white woman so he can find out if white women are black men have it harder and he runs out of makeup so he so, so he he's, has a monster hand so he's a monster hand he's he's, he's all whited out except for his monster hand they took he's, that episode off streaming yes because it had blackface in it yeah one of two different episodes with blackface in them tina Fey talks about that in her book and she's like she's like i didn't think we would get more than one season. For some reason, we kept doing blackface. And it's like, yeah. I don't don't remember her talking about that in her book. But yeah, there are two different episodes where Jenna does blackface. Not, not, not good. That episode of Tracy and the one where she's uh, the swan football football player. player. Yeah, it's got a hot Jane Kerkowski. Although I guess she also played a Native American woman on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was also not great. Remember when she And then she tries to justify it by being like, um, Heather Locklear is Native American, look it up. And it's like, okay, so Heather Locklear can play this part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, God. Which And then oh, and then Tina Fey does the episode where they're like, Oh, I can't it's so painful. It's so painful. You know what? It's it's more painful than Scott. It's equally painful to Scott's Tots episode of The Office. Well, that's the thing about uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which I kind of, I thought it was going to be one of my big rewatch shows, and then it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, the fr- I rewatched the first season a lot in between it and the second season coming out, and then I watched the rest of it, and I just didn't ever feel the need to revisit it. Okay, so now, this is so off topic, 
But I don't know when else I'm going to have a chance to talk about something that really makes me angry about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. The fact that every season there's one episode where uh, Tina Fey complains about young people and it's always awful. No, that's just... Eh, what are you going to do? That's just... That's just something you have to deal with when you're watching a Tina Fey show. That weird thing where Titus is like a geisha and... Oh, because and... he just past life regression and his past life. Yeah. And people talked about, like, Tina. a lot of Tina Fey's stuff has uncomfortable material with Asian people in it. It, like, it really does. Like, it's a, it's it's in Mean Girls, which is like... Yes, her, it I, is. Which is a movie which more or less stands the test of time. Yeah, for the most part. It's just, there's a few things where you're like, holy shit, we were cool with this? This is a fairly recent movie, all things considered. I'm sure a bunch of you have been... It's that thing where it's the thing from Great News where one of the interns is named Moana. Oh, right, right. It's like, oh, right. I am old. Cause I am I'll, old. Because I'll say Mean Girls is a relatively recent movie. And then it turns out that if you were born the year it came out, you can drink now. Yeah, I think that is accurate, actually. Yeah. Okay. So, no, the thing that pisses me off about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is actually about the... Uh, the game, I don't really know what we were calling those things, the Choose Your Own Adventure episodes of TV shows that Netflix was doing for a while. Yeah, that was like a hot trend for 15 seconds. Okay, so first of all, Jabberwocky was incredible, and um, we we should still watch it together because it Jabberwocky, the Black Mirror one of those, was really well done and really understood like what to do with the format. Mm. They also did a... Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt one. And if you keep killing John Hamm, then it breaks the fourth wall and is like, wow, you are really fucked up. You just keep fucking killing me. And it's like, yeah, you're a rapist. Like, yes, I do. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Let us clarify. John Hamm's character (laughs) is a rapist. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, but the the Reverend... Uh, Billy something. It's like Wayne, Gary, Wayne. Yeah. I'm not going to feel... I, I don't... The show is like, oh, I know that I'm a terrible human being who imprisoned and tortured all of these women, and that's the premise of our TV show. But you killing me, a fictional character, well, that just goes too far. Fuck you. And I, I feel like the show was really... like. I know I said that he breaks the fourth wall and says that, but I really felt like the show was like, wow, someone's bloodthirsty. It's like, shut up, Tina Fey. I'm sure other people were involved in the making of this show. We shouldn't just blame Tina Fey for these things, but... Anyway, that, that's the thing that bothered me about it. But uh, Kimmy Schmidt does get to marry uh, Daniel Radcliffe, and that's great. He's great. Uh, he's He's really... He's come into his own... Well, it's the same thing with Robert Pattinson. I like that these guys had these, like, very iconic pop culture roles, and then they're like, okay, now we're free to do the weirdest shit imaginable. Yeah. You know how everybody, you know how when uh, Tom Holland dancing to Umbrella comes across your timeline, you have to retweet it? It's just the rule. Okay. I don't do that personally. Did you stop and watch it? No. Are you telling me that Tom Holland's umbrella dance comes across your timeline and you're able to not stop and watch it? Yes. I I don't even know what this marriage is anymore. (laughs) 
Or can tell me at least you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I'm I'm familiar with okay, the okay, thing. Okay, just checking, just checking. Is that celebrity lip syncing show still on? It's such an easy premise. I don't even know. The one I liked was the John Cena as Elsa one, and that never crosses my path. Okay, what you just did like so seriously undercut what I was about to say, which is I, I, I've watched a few of them and none of them even come close to touching Tom Holland's. So it doesn't make sense for the show to keep going because they're, they're just not going to even come close to, to Tom Holland's performance. And you're telling me that's not even your favorite performance? Yeah, my favorite one is the one where John Cena is Elsa. Sorry, your podcast is over. We're done. No more podcasts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that they these two things were concurrent and are barely linked in any way, but Tom Holland's umbrella thing is just a weaker version of the Daniel Radcliffe. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. No, no. Actually, that was what I was going to say is that that's my version of that. Yeah. But when that comes across my timeline, I have to watch it and retweet it. Yeah. I have to watch and retweet that. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Okay. Podcast back on. Like... Podcast back on. If you haven't watched that and Tina doesn't cut this bit, seriously, <laughs> watch Daniel Radcliffe. She's, she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. It's amazing. Honestly, that season is really hard for me to watch. You know what? None of... Like, most of it is pretty good, but when... That season of Miracle Workers. Of Miracle Workers, which is a great show. I feel like the season one is... I, it's it's all good. I, I like I like all three seasons, but season one's the best. Season one is the best, which makes sense. Season one had the most coherent idea when it went forward. See, that's that's the problem when you create a TV show and you have a coherent idea for what you're going to do for the first season, and it's self-contained, and then you do more, and you're like, uh, I don't know, did this guy write any more short stories? Well, yeah, like, well, and and it was a novella which i own and i and i enjoy uh, miracle workers was miracle the- workers the yes the wait, uh, okay so i'm going to explain the premise real quick the premise of the tv show is that every season is based off of a different i'm going to say book even though i know that's not strictly speaking accurate a different book written by one author except the first season works the best because it is based on an actual book by him and the other ones are based on short stories and it's a lot easier to adapt a book into a TV show because you have so much more material to draw on mm-hmm. than a short story. Well, and and as you said, it was a novella, which is the perfect length because you didn't have to cut out a lot of shit. And in fact, they added a bunch of stuff. The stuff with God's family is oh great. Oh my God. It's so... <laughs> Tell them about giraffes. It's like a, it's like a long dog. <laughs> okay, and what's a dog? It's a, it's a short giraffe. They, they can be your friend. Oh, like, yeah, Miracle Workers season one is very good. And then the rest are okay. You don't, you don't even have to watch the Oregon Trail season, which is where the show becoming around the mountain is. Just go to YouTube and put in Daniel Radcliffe show becoming around the mountain. And, and the Oregon Trail one is fine. It's not it's not bad. It's just the cannibal scene is so hard to watch. Yeah, like it is viscerally uncomfortable. As as most cannibal scenes are. Yes, accurate. But Which I've just started watching Yellow Jackets and I know I'm gonna have to get to some cannibal stuff in there soon too. And the thing is, like, I like the ending of that season of Miracle Workers. The one where it's suddenly they're in like an old they're like in an old west town from a uh from like a theme park or something. And uh-huh. the bit where they're all popping out of barrels and she's trying to shoot them. <laughs> yeah. No, I you know what you should watch instead? 
The Trail to Oregon. Oh, by Star Kid. The Star Kid musical, which is all for free on YouTube. Well, I mean, if we're going to go down that route, you should just watch Twisted, the Star Kid musical. Okay, so are we just not talking about this episode of Farscape? We are literally, we are literally, okay, so l- listen, dear listener, dear listener, sometimes when we, when we, when we say how far we're into a podcast, we might be using hyperbole, we might be like, oh my god, we're an hour into this. And the thing is, I cut a lot of this shit. So by the time you look at this, the time code right now is probably 20 minutes. But Wow, you're going to carve out a lot. Legitimately, we are at 47 and a half minutes right now. And we're like three minutes into the episode. <laughs> we have talked about... We, have, we are five minutes into the episode. And we are 47 <laughs> minutes into this podcast. You know what? I I'm probably going to cut most of this and release it like as a separate thing. Like I'm going to put it on the feed as a separate thing. I'm just going to be like, "Dear listener, right here, here. This is what what I'm about to say now is going to be the part you heard at the open because I just this second decided that's how I'm going to do this. Dear listener, we went on quite a few tangents this week. So for ease of listening, I have made that a separate podcast. Wow. Enjoy. It was that rough. <laughs> it's not even that it's rough. It's that it's nothing not, happens. It's not that it's bad. It's that nothing, ha- well, not even nothing. Like, stuff happens, but it's not stuff that's interesting to talk about. It's funny that you said Phoebe, which makes sense because Charmed is our thing, but that's that's really more of a Counselor Troy thing. Mm. Which would work better because, you know, sci-fi. Yeah, right, right. I sense hostility from the aliens, Captain. I, I mostly know her from the episode where, uh, you know, she tells Beverly to have sex with the ghost that was having sex with her grandmother. That's because the first Star Trek episode I ever showed you was the Candle Ghost episode because I, I, I know my audience. Honestly, I feel like I haven't actually seen that many Troy episodes. I like Troy, but there's the one where her mom tried to get her to marry that, like, 14-year-old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... I don't know that I don't know that Troy episodes are the best. She's better when she just shows up as a minor character in other people's stories. Yeah, it's better when she just shows up and gives people objectively the worst the worst personal advice ever. She's like the Mary Worth of space. No, and the, and and like Mary Worth, the the best stories aren't about her. She's just there to yeah to guide them. Yeah, she's. Wait, who 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 is uh, who is Deanna Troy's? Aldo. Oh, is it the fourteen-year-old boy her mom tried to get her to marry? No, no. There actually is a there actually is an episode with a guy who like mentally violates her. Yeah, there is an Aldo, and it's kind of disturbing because it is a violation, and the show like recognizes it's a violation. It's it's not like the show isn't taking it seriously, but at the same time, it's presented at first, at least, as her having like a song stuck in her head. Okay. Do you want to watch that episode? Not particularly. No, it's not, it's not what I would have shown you. So is, is Riker the Wilbur West? <laughs> he, no, no, Riker's Riker's Jeff. Riker's doctor. Oh, right. I guess if Deanna Troy's yeah, if Deanna Troy is uh, Mary Worth, then Riker would be Doctor Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Weird. Yeah, there is no Wilbur because it's a utopian future. I think he's more a combination of Doctor Jeff and I want to say Corey. Yeah. Or Corey Jeff, Dr. Jeff's son. Corey. Right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if Corey's his name either, but yeah. 
You know, I stopped reading Mary Worth when they didn't kill Wilbur off. That was that was some that was some weak shit. When he fell off that cruise ship, he should have died. And I'm just glad that the people at Mark Trail had the good sense to kill him off. Mark Trail killed off Wilbur Weston. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there a newspaper article talking about it or something, or do do we just see Wilbur Weston die in the pages of Mark Trail? When he fell off the cruise ship in Mary Worth simultaneously we find out about his death from the cruise ship in Mark Trail, even though Mary Worth didn't have the nerve to actually kill him and he was rescued. He's he's the worst person on earth. I am. Um, I can show you later when we're done recording because I clipped that panel and saved it from Mark Trail of Wilbur dying. If you want to hear more about this, I Will Fight You did an excellent episode about... Uh, about Wilbur Weston. I didn't realize that. Oh, you should listen to it. It's so good. It, it basically sums up all of the sins of Wilbur leading up to his not death. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you can also just go to the comics curmudgeon and just click on the Mary Worth uh, tag and go back in time and read all the Mary Worth stuff that they've covered at comics curmudgeon. Yeah. But if, if, if you want uh, an audio experience, sure, the sure, sure. episode is really good. Yeah. I just, I, I want I want people to understand that Mary Worth actually is good. Good, like the the team that's doing it now is is great. It's worth reading. Yeah, except that it's except, the same that, except that they don't have the nerve to kill Wilbur. Yeah, no, the new artist really revitalized things, and by new I mean like four years ago she came on. But yeah, yeah, it's June Bergman who you might know from being an actual comic book artist. Yeah, she also did Brenda Star, which is a famous comic strip I have never read. I haven't either, but it didn't run in my paper, so. Yeah. Although Mary Worth did run in my paper, and I didn't read that as a kid either, because it's not a kid's comic. Yeah. I mean, you, you skip over the serious comics. Yeah. It's funny how these, like, how we end up standing these powerful dark-haired women in, like, everything we watch. I guess you could say we have a type. Mm. Oh, my God. Just to, like, preview... That's to- we're, we're totally going to be like that about Amanda Peet, too, when we do Welcome to the Sunset Strip. What an odd sentence. <laughs> Is she the one who was in, involved with Neil Gaiman and she wrote all those really bad no, poems? No, no, no. That's a completely different person. 100% a different person. That's Amanda Palmer. Okay, but you can understand how I got yeah. them confused. Sure, 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 sure. They're, just, they're very different people. Yes. I, 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 don't, I don't want any, any confusion. Also, I think she's still married to Neil Gaiman. Is she... I don't know. I could Google it. You don't need to do that right now. It's okay. The show's running short. I didn't think they were married. I thought they just, like, drank each other's blood and had, like, cemetery sex or whatever. They got married in 2011. Oh, wow. And they're still married? Oh, no, no. Vicious divorce. She put hexes on him. He made fun of her poetry. Oh, they... they, they... Announced their divorce uh, last November. Yeah. Color me not even a little bit surprised. I mean, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. Mm. Think they're matching levels of pretentious? Uh, no, I don't. Honestly, I think that... Um, I I don't actually... I was going to say, I don't want to go on a tangent right now at the very end, but you know what? This is all going to go in the... This is all going to go in the, eps- the, the extra episode anyway. I don't actually think Neil Gaiman is that pretentious. I know some of his writing is very pretentious, but I don't think that Neil Gaiman 
in general, walks bound around the world aware that he's Neil Gaiman. I, I think he's just like... What are you doing in my falafel? Yeah. Yeah. Or he he was he was great in the episode of The Simpsons where they write a book by committee. It's not a good episode, but he's good in it. I mean, okay. If only I knew how to read. To be fair, I'm basing all of this on like the 20 minutes that I got to talk to him when he was in my hometown for the Sarasota Film Festival. Mm -hmm. But he just seemed very unaware that like he's Neil Gaiman. The, the kind of goth kid that I was, Neil Gaiman was like it. And he seemed to be completely unaware of what that would mean. He has to know he's basically a god to a certain subset of people. Yes, I'm sure he's aware of that. But I mean, he doesn't seem to see himself that way. Like, I've met some people... Um, Amanda Palmer definitely... Uh... That's what I meant about them not being same levels of pretentious. I don't think he thinks he's... I don't think he thinks of himself that way. I think he's just a guy who, you God, know. have you read her poetry? No, I've not read her poetry. It's something. Let's wrap this up. We're 